0: Welcome to the seventh annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory ish bullshit. My name is Cody, and I am joined by my co host, Phil. How are you? Doing good, Cody. How about yourself? (laughs) I'm doing all right. I wish the sun would come out, but you know what? Beggars can't be choosers, right? Um, No, my week was all right. our jobs suck, I think everybody realizes that I ne- we literally never shut up about our jobs sucking, so I think people are kinda getting annoyed with it, but <laughs> what else is there to talk about? So how how was your week?
1: Uh, you know, pretty uh pretty normal. Just uh the random old uh bullshit that we all have to deal with. But I was doing good. My uh my vape was pouring out fucking uh <laughs> oil out the bottom today.
0: Well, that's not so, good. So yeah.
1: Had to figure out how to fix that, so
0: it's funny, you had. I had the problem, um, I hate when it happens when it, like, it gets so burnt that it tastes like shit constantly, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, mine's definitely a coil problem. Ugh. Uh, the seal on the bottom of the coil was all dirty, and mm. the coil's
0: starting to burn out, so. Yeah. That's the one downfall of vaping that we know of. You know, obviously we don't know if it's gonna end up killing us all eventually, but, uh... <laughs> The fucking constant maintenance of replacing coils and stuff gets pretty old.
1: Yeah, and I bought mine about five months ago, and the starting, uh, the little trigger on it is already starting to go out, so.
0: (laughs) Probably gonna have to buy another $100 unit, so. Yeah, they always win in the end, don't they? Um, so, let's do a quick recap. How did you feel about the, what do they call it, the long night battle or whatever on Game of Thrones? You know, I am a, I'm a fan. I, it was fucking awesome. Like
1: I was sitting there on the edge of my seat the entire time, uh, watching it with my sister and she doesn't watch game of Thrones at all. And she was watching it also and really not on her phone at all. Just watching it. So, I mean, if it was, she doesn't care about like action scenes and battles, but if she's paying attention to it, then,
0: you know, wait, how have you not convinced her to like binge the whole thing? She's going to
1: now. Now that she's seen that, she's gonna she's gonna try to binge it like, and then catch up.
0: Like I know this is kind of like a, a rhetorical statement from a lot of people, but it seriously has to be damn near the best show ever. Like I can't think of anything that's been so consistently good for so many seasons. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, uh, I remember. I'm glad when you flew out to England and hung out and <laughs> got me hooked on it. You were the pusher, the junkie in that, you know, yeah. that situation. And I like when I first heard of it, I didn't want anything to do with it. Didn't care. And then started watching. What was it by the we just shotgunned like three episodes in a row. And that was it. I was hooked.
0: I We watched fuck, so much of it, like really fast. I remember we just would like sit at your house, smoke cigarettes and fucking watch Game of Thrones.
1: On that projector. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the best way to watch it, too.
0: I know. It was, it, it was good. Man, we watched so many fucking movies when I was over there. It's uh, pretty ridiculous, but it was a good time. It was fun.
1: Yeah, it's probably, probably should have went on a few more trips, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have a feeling I might make it back over there eventually, hopefully, but, I mean, that's the goal. I mean, would you ever go back now that you've lived there, or you lived there for, like, what, three or four years
1: I lived there four years. Mm. Um, no.
0: <laughs> I would
1: rather go to, like, Netherlands, Italy, mm. Rome. Uh, Well, obviously, Rome is in Italy, but I w- I really want to go to Rome. Greece, Ukraine, fucking... In Europe, I'd rather go than England again, but... Ukraine,
0: huh? That seems kind of yeah. a scary country.
1: Yeah, I mean, every... You got to think every European country kind of has their own flavor, you know, so... <laughs>
0: We usually like Eastern Europeans a little, a little <laughs> more scary than the rest of yeah. them.
1: Maybe the flavor of Eastern European is a little bit sewagey, maybe. But
0: uh. <laughs> no, I I think that'd be cool. I you know I really love to see, uh, like you said, Rome. I really want to see the Colosseum. That's like one of my top bucket list things. And obviously, we'd have to see the the Vatican, even though we hate everything they're about. Go knock on those vaults, see if we can get a tour. <laughs> Start requesting random documents and see if they let us in there. They probably burn us at the stake, but um, anyway. Yeah, they.
1: Uh, oh well, I was gonna say that Game of Thrones. I mean, all of the characters who died in that had such a good death. That's that's just my first takeaway from that was all of those deaths weren't meaningless. You know, for the for at least the sub main characters who died.
0: I didn't think the ones that died necessarily were. The important ones, I guess you'd say, but I know what you mean.
1: Yeah, they were given important deaths, though.
0: Their arc was definitely, you know, brought to a nice end. Right, right. Well, I think we we actually navigated the water where we were avoiding kind of spoiler-ish, uh, in case anybody hasn't watched it yet, which you should. I, I don't know what you do doing. The internet's going to ruin it for you. I've been lucky. I haven't seen Endgame yet. I know you have. And I've been navigating the minefield of avoiding spoilers for that son of a bitch, so.
1: Yeah, it's hard enough. I mean, I went and saw it um, noon on Friday, and I (laughs) had a rough time just making it on Facebook without seeing all the spoilers. (laughs) People are trying to be clever about it. They try to put on, like, the little pictures that have to do with, like, their spoilers, but they're out-of-context spoilers, those memes. So if you don't know what it means, then it doesn't make any sense to you, but... (laughs)
0: Trying to be clever. So one person did get me. They told me that um, Superman and Batman have a very erotic love scene in Endgame, but I, I feel like they might have been pulling my leg. Yeah, possibly.
1: <laughs> I don't remember that uh, DC crossover. So,
0: <laughs> oh, that's just Jordan. So fuck him. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, probably
1: should get started. <laughs>
0: yeah, let's 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 dive in this motherfucker. So, what we got on tap today, even though Phil said (laughs) we've kind of been talking about aliens too much, we're going to go back to maybe aliens, maybe not. We'll find out. Um, This conspiracy is generally referred to as the mysterious airship of 1896 and 1897. And like our episode last week, this will be one to two years prior to that, so it'll kind of... Maybe, I don't know, maybe it'll intertwine a little bit, maybe not, we'll find out. Now before we get started, something to keep in mind, that in 1893, Carl Benz and Henry Ford had just built the first four-wheel automobiles, and obviously we know thinking changes throughout time, but a lot of quotes from scientists were like, okay, we've got the cars, a lot of them thought flying and Um, Any sort of air travel was very far off in the timeline or damn near going to be impossible. So keep that in mind while we're going over these events because that was only, what, three, four years until these flying airships uh, are all being spotted everywhere. So as far as we know, technology was not this advanced. That's why a lot of people find uh, what we're going to talk about really strange. Are you familiar with this at all, Phil?
1: No, I'm not familiar with it. Um, Haven't really heard about airships uh, before, what was it, the Hindenburg? Yeah. Is that like Mm. early 20th century, I think?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because we're actually, I don't want to spoil anything, but we're going to be talking about um, the guy who created Zeppelins. So we'll be talking about him later in the episode. Okay. Yeah, Zeppelins. That's, yep. Yep, yep. So I want to acknowledge the... The two sources that I have because the information's kind of intertwined, if that makes sense. So I watched a YouTube video and a lot of his information is mainly regarding the airship sightings that resulted in Texas. Now my giant ass conspiracy theory book has claims taken more th- spread out through all the Midwest. So I've kind of intertwined the events um, with the dates. So, it could be possible that they're witnessing them in two different places at once, but we're going to go through all the sightings that have been reported by the public. Does that make sense? Okay.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay.
0: So, the first ever sighting began on November 17th, 1896 over Sacramento, California. Now, what the citizens claimed to see was a bright light in the sky shining down almost like a spotlight. Obviously, that's going to catch your attention. Now, it was the middle of the night. But the witnesses claimed that the ship was an egg shape, and they could make out what they thought were four propellers. It's kind of hard to describe, but if you imagine, like, it's almost like a cartoon, like a Zeppelin with four giant propellers underneath of it. Kind of like that's how it's levitating, you know what I mean?
1: Kind of like the final boss uh, Bowser <laughs> on Super Mario World. Yeah, It's got that little propeller underneath.
0: Yep, but four uh, Sorry. Right?
1: Up four of them. Sorry for the spoilers, too,
0: if you haven't made it that (laughs) far. If you haven't played that game, what the hell are you doing with your life? (laughs) So anyway, the witnesses claimed that this object was hovering for about 30 minutes, and they noticed that it would move from side to side and up and down, much like Bowser's ship. Yep. Now, the following day, the newspaper even took – they even released their own witness sketches – which basically looks like what I was describing was just kind of a big egg shape with the four propellers underneath of it, and that's kind of everyone started knowing about the reported sighting over Sacramento.
1: How far did these reports actually go? Were they, were they California-wide, or the, like, did they make it to the mainstream news?
0: Um, I'm not sure how the news traveled, but what I do know is these sightings are basically going to take place everywhere. All throughout the U.S. and across the globe.
1: Okay, so these aren't just localized to California. No,
0: no, 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 no. That's just the, this is just the very first sighting was in Sacramento, California. Okay. Now, the following night, November 18th, 1896, it was witnessed again, except for people claim this time they seen it up there, and but it was heading the opposite direction that it was the night previous but it still looked the same, the the propellers, the bright spotlight, and all of that. Now, after seeing it two nights in a row, a lot of newspapers and citizens expected that some invent, inventor was going to step forward and be like, hey, I just created this, right? And they actually had two people who came forward. A lawyer named George D. Collins and California's Attorney General, William Henry Harrison Hart, I swear to God, that's his fucking name. <laughs> but anyway, these two people, they came out this day and said, hey, we those are our ships. We invented them, blah, 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 blah. But then they asked, hey, can you provide proof that you own it? And of course, they couldn't and soon said, no, I was just making that up.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think the attorney general's Probably gonna have an engineering degree <laughs> and a lawyer degree. And what what was the other guy? He said he was a lawyer.
0: He's just a lawyer. Yeah,
1: probably not uh, <laughs> exactly engineers
0: uh, out of their field. I just love that name, William Henry Harrison Hart. Jesus.
1: Yeah, his parents were definitely trying to like maybe give him a nice little future.
0: <laughs> well, if you remember from, I think it was our. From the Bumblebee podcast, the molasses episode. If you're going to be someone of stature, you have to have at least three or more names, and they have to all be listed. You can't just be like William Hart. You got to be. You got to have every section of your name.
1: Yeah, four names. That's pretty powerful.
0: <laughs> all right. So more sightings began to occur in Sacramento on November twenty second, eighteen ninety six. This time they reported. They reported that two beams of light were beaming down on them, basically two spotlights. Um, and then this time, because of the added light, witnesses claimed they could see. You know, like when you look at something kind of in the dark, but you can see it moving. That's kind of yeah. what people were saying about the propellers. They could slightly see them spinning, spinning uh, in the shadow of the light. It still still is reported as an egg shape, though, so that's all remained the same. And then it was spotted in San Francisco that same night, like it had traveled from Sacramento to San Francisco, but they're very close to each other, as we all know. Yeah,
1: so it doesn't sound like right now it's moving very far, because Not- it's it's all
0: pretty localized
1: in, like, Northern California.
0: Right. So far, it's kind of just lingering around this area, but it's going to move very soon. Now, the mayor of San Francisco, Adolph Sertro. I swear to God that's his name, poor bastard. Hitler wasn't <laughs> around yet. His two assistants actually witnessed this, and he made a public statement where he said he trusts his assistants and he believes what they had saw in the sky. So that gives a little bit more credence to it if we want to take Mr. Adolf Adolf Adolf, Adolf Sertro's uh, word on it.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder if he took any like kind of political gain from this, or... If the people were all starting to, like, make reportings on this, you kind of want, like, a leader to, like, back you. So,
0: you know. That's true. If if there's a big event going on and you throw your name into the, the little pile of it, you're going to get yourself more notoriety. So that's a good point, too. We have to keep in mind that the newspapers were going crazy about this shit, too. All the reports, they loved it. They were releasing sketches and everything. They, like, they love this thing.
1: Yeah, just like last week's episode, I mean, you throw them a little bit of red meat in that yellow (laughs) journalism,
0: you know, they just jump on it. That's what we said, like, the tabloid-ish newspapers, even this far back, they love this shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so over the following days, it was then spotted in San Jose, California, Seattle, Washington, and Western Canada. All three of those uh, had sightings on the same day, I believe. And then, so this thing's
1: really on the move.
0: It's basically like traveling up and down the west coast. Um, obviously, Seattle and then British Columbia, right above Seattle's, kind of where they were narrowing it down to. And the sightings just kept continuing. Basically, the same thing. They'd see the light, kind of just hovering there, and then it would just kind of go away. You know what I mean? Almost like it was kind of just watching them, or I don't know what the hell it was doing. And this continued until December. And then it just completely stopped. it was never seen again. Then the airship makes another return in February second eighteen ninety seven this time in Nebraska, so it's traveled to the midwest now
1: so it it traveled those thousands of miles in those few days and then they finally kind of if there was someone behind it, took it out east
0: right or well, there's another and how how long
1: how oh I'm sorry, what was the date of the original and then the date of the very
0: the very first sighting was November seventeenth. And then when it came to Nebraska, or then it was stopped in December, so probably less than a month, and then it reappeared February second, eighteen ninety-seven. So it'd be a few months after the sightings just completely stopped.
1: So if this was an invention, that would be like a pretty decent uh like prototype alpha run like
0: now there's another theory that goes along with this that they some people believe there could have been between five five or more ships. So this could be a completely different one. Like, they're testing them in different areas. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a... Once we go through, like, the theories about what this thing is, and we kind of will go into that. So it's it's in Nebraska on February 2nd, and then the sightings continue through March. It stopped in Kansas City, Nashville, Chicago, and for some reason, Evanston, Illinois. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, why Evanston, Illinois? I don't know. Is that a big city? Do you know?
1: Evanston. There's a, <laughs> God, is there a college team in Evanston? I don't know. Or is it like
0: know. the Basketball Hall of
1: Fame in Evanston? <laughs> Something like that.
0: I, like, I don't know what the hell is there. It's such a weird place to go over. Uh-huh. Like- <laughs> I, I really don't know. Actually, this next one, you might know. So then on April 7th, 1897, it was spotted in Wesley, Iowa. Have you been there?
1: Yeah. uh, Wesley, Iowa is on Highway 18. It's actually from Cresco, where we grew up. Hmm. It's on the way to Emmitsburg, Iowa, where my relatives live. Oh, so
0: you passed through it and everything.
1: Yeah, I've passed through Wesley a bunch of times. It's a a shithole little town. Uh, No reason to stop there. So I'm guessing that all the people, when they saw that, it's probably the first actual thing that they've seen.
0: <laughs> probably. <laughs> Can you imagine what Wesley, Iowa looked like, fuck, how many years ago? A hundred and damn near 25 years ago or something. What the hell did Wesley, Iowa look like? There's probably there's not shit there.
1: There was probably like a fucking railroad running through it. <laughs> and like, you know how on Red Dead Redemption, there was oh, yeah. how there's sometimes a train yard in the, or a train station, mm-hmm. like in the middle of nowhere. It's probably what it looked
0: like. <laughs> well, anyway, what now what they seen was a little different. They claim they seen a more cone-shaped object. And this time it had, they claimed it along the windows, it looked like it had windows that were all illuminating uh, bright lights outside of it. Kind of like the conventional UFO that most people see. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what the citizens of Wesley, Iowa claim their view of the ship was. So they're kind of moving on from like the Zeppelin-ish look. On April 15, 1987, the ship was spotted in Springfield, Illinois. Now, here's where it gets a little stranger. This time, witnesses claim that the ship actually landed, and the occupants of the craft actually got out and talked to them. What they told them was that they had to land to repair their electronical apparatus and searchlight equipment. The witnesses claim they actually talked to them, and they weren't, like, aliens or anything. They were basically, like, pilots, kind of. Like, they were just workers, almost. Like, human being workers that were flying on this thing.
1: So, like, 1887, I'm trying to think about what kind of technology someone in Springfield, Illinois, would have (laughs) seen at that time. Like, would they have known what spotlights were? Oh, I'm
0: sure, right? Lighthouses had to exist.
1: Yeah, that's true, but I don't think... There was – I don't think that electricity had gotten that far Here's what we, in, in
0: 1887. I think that's where this whole story gets weird is because it's something that's – like if, if this thing was flying around today, this would be completely plausible that somebody could make this thing. But this is from 120-some years ago and all of this shit, nobody should have any of this, Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is, for that time, it would have been really advanced. Mm. But if you're thinking it might be aliens, that sounds like a really low tech UFO. We're gonna, I'm gonna talk about. um, I'm just trying to, in my head, I'm just trying to put this together. So, because I I haven't heard this story at all, so I'm just. It's cool. It's cool
0: as fuck, though, ain't it?
1: Yeah, it's pretty weird. I've never, I've never (laughs) heard of this at all.
0: (laughs) It's kind of like I feel like a lot of the pictures. Do you know what steampunk is? Yeah. I feel like if you look at, like, the newspapers, sketches, and, like, Witnesses sketches, like, steampunk people would love this shit, you know what I mean? That's kind of what it looks like. (laughs) If
1: inside of the cone-shaped ship they were, like, (laughs) fucking playing on type, or uh, playing on a big, like, organ, steam organ, (laughs) and, uh like, all writing their manifestos on little mm-hmm. typewriters, mm-hmm. then, yeah, they would love that shit.
0: Fucking steam-powered latte machine and a fucking steam-powered avocado toast crusher or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they all have to have those fucking uh, those mustache wax dispensers, too.
0: <laughs> there you go. Steam-powered, of course. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now the following day, on April 16th, 1897, C.G. Williams of Greenville, Texas, claimed that the airship landed near him. It was cigar-shaped with wings and had a propeller in the front of it and was brightly lighted. This time, an occupant got out of the ship and told him to mail a series of letters. The occupant informed him he planned to reveal his revolutionary airship to the public very soon. So this guy was kind of like just your basic te- Texas farmer kind of just chilling and apparently this ship landed and gave him a bunch of letters to mail out that's basically Was he, he also the prince of Kenya? <laughs> he could have been.
1: <laughs> You'll get all of my riches if you just mail these letters.
0: <laughs> just write me a check now and you can have all the cash in these letters. <laughs> I I don't know. This is that's what he claimed he saw. Now this is where we're going to start really intertwining the Texas events. And the Iowa Midwest events, but the strange thing is is that the dates always um are kind of one day apart from the witnesses, you know what I mean, even when you do it that way, okay, so it was in Illinois, now it's Texas, and then now we're gonna head back to the uh Midwest again so on April seventeenth eighteen ninety seven the airship was spotted just outside of Waterloo, Iowa. Yeah, we all know fucking Waterloo, don't we?
1: Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Cedar Falls is uh, unkempt brother
0: out there. <laughs> <You> <laughs> it might have been a for... nice town back then, though.
1: Who you, knows? You lived here for a while, right? I lived in Cedar Falls well, for a uh, couple years while I was in school out there. <laughs> it's more or less the same thing. Yeah, I, I guess Waterloo. Waterloo is uh, Cedar Falls is if you feel like you know going to a club and having a good time. Waterloo is where you go to if you want to go to a nice dirty strip club <laughs> take your mind off things for a while I suppose score some <laughs> yeah. score some drugs
0: and shit. Yeah, there's probably a lot of that still <laughs> going on there I suppose but anyway, so it landed outside of Waterloo, Iowa. Now the witnesses here claim that the craft landed but when the occupants got out this time they all had rifles and they were telling people to stay back away from their craft. And apparently all the witnesses stayed back about 100 yards because they were too afraid of the men with weapons, which is kind of well, weird.
1: if you got out in Waterloo, you'd probably <laughs> pull out your guns, too.
0: <laughs> that is a valid point, though. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, I don't know what the Waterloo newspaper would have been, but a journalist the following day claimed that the ship was 40 foot long, with cigar-shaped... And had wing-like attachments on its side and a steering apparatus on the rear. This really sounds like a fucking steampunk fucking vehicle. Now, the machine was surmounted by a, I think it's cupola on its roof. Do you know what a cupola is? No, I don't know what that is. Kapula. I I literally had to look it up too. Okay, think of, um, think of a church, right? It's your basic house structure. And then on the very top, they'll have, um, almost looks like a little... Yeah. It's basically like a little room on the top of a church or a house even that I think they they have the exhaust go out of, but it looks fancier.
1: Oh, um, fucking, uh, what is that TV show? It's, they turned it into a movie, The Addams Family. They kind of had something that looked like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It just, like a little
1: room on top of their house.
0: Yeah, it's just not really a room. It's just kind of like hides your chimney and it makes it look okay. a lot nicer. I had to look it up, and apparently that's what it is. So, But yeah, anyway, it's uh, we do know that UFOs have been reported to be like a cigar shape, which is kind of interesting that that's what they're describing. But obviously UFOs don't get reported with having big wings or a fucking steering wheel on the back of it.
1: That kind of sounds like uh, if you've ever looked at old science fiction books hmm. from like uh, the early nineteen hundreds, late eighteen hundreds, they always have kind of like it looks kind of like what you just described, you know, like those old illustrations.
0: I was trying to think, in Waterworld, the movie slash documentary, did they did didn't they have a boat like that or like a plane like that?
1: Yeah, it what was it? It kind of like it was like pedal dri- pedal driven. Yeah, or yeah something like
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> that movie's awesome. I don't care what people say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Worth every penny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if it
1: was made in today's dollar, it'd probably be like $2 billion. That's how much that movie costed. But
0: I love that movie. I don't care what anybody says. So, all right. The following day, April 18th, 1897, Colonel Tom Peoples, that's really his name, <laughs> uh, from Milan County, Texas, spotted a giant winged object that flew like a buzzard. That's what he claimed. <laughs> Now what this thing did is it came and cast a shadow over the workers on his farm. It then hovered over his artificial lake, and it it had hatches open. And then Tom claimed that it began shooting streaks of light into the air, like it was almost like releasing light from itself. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. It's very it's- strange. I I don't know. It's a very strange report.
1: Yeah, it's so weird because. Every single, like, eyewitness report, either, like, that the ship seems to be evolving or, like, changing just a little bit,
0: you know? This is where, like, this is where the theory of, like, there's multiple ships, if it is, like, say, a man-made thing, that there's multiple ships. And that's why so many people are seeing different things. Like, I can't actually travel that fast, but there's so many different ones that a lot of people are spotting them, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it kind of sounds like, well, you don't play the game, but... You know how uh, that game that I was telling you about, the Kerbal Space Program. Oh yeah! Every time, every time you crash your piece of shit like uh, <laughs> rocket, you end up adding something else to it to try to make it go better or faster <laughs> or higher up. That's kind of what this sounds like. Every single time they go out for a test flight, they bring it back home and tinker a little bit.
0: You know, that's a good point. No, I don't have ex- exact dates for this, so I just kind of lumped it together. But around the same time in Texas, a lot of different witnesses that claimed that the occupants of the ship got out and talked to him or whatever, there was one man that kept calling himself Wilson. But we don't know who the fuck this Wilson is, he just kept calling himself, himself Wilson for some reason. Now sometime in that April in Texas as well, a judge reported that he, he stumbled upon five strange looking men and they were smoking pipes near their airship, (laughs) and they claimed to be from a land beyond the polar seas, and they were descendants of the Lost Tribes of Israel. Apparently, that's what they told this guy. I don't know if he was tripping on fucking acid or something. I don't know. But he he just kind of walked up on these guys smoking their pipes, apparently.
1: Yeah, it always always goes back to Jesus with conspiracy, (laughs) doesn't it? You notice that? It always... (laughs) There always has to be a tie-in. I've I always noticed that. I don't know.
0: Phil, you forgot that the like, G- uh, the Jews do not believe in Jesus. Well, no, I'm saying
1: like with you know when the the people who claim these oh, conspiracies, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. it
1: always goes back to like, oh, they're descended from the people of Jesus or Moses or whatnot. You know, <laughs> there's I, always a
0: tie-in. I. I think we'll, we'll come back to that because I have a perfect point in the theories that I think will blend in perfectly with what you just said. So keep that in your mind, okay? But – uh,
1: so what also I was going to say was this is the first actual like description that we've got mm-hmm. from any witness because the witnesses before were saying like these guys landed. But they didn't mention like what clothes they were wearing, like if they had an accent or not, if they spoke English, nope. you know,
0: like – I mean, the guy whose video I was watching kind of animated the scenes himself, but, or they could have been pictures that newspapers put out, but it was just basically like, I don't, it looks like old time crewmen, kind of, like they have the stupid hat on and all of that, you know what I mean? Like the, the Slipknot fucking work overhauls. It's about Kind of like
1: they were just working on a train. Yeah,
0: yeah, kind of, something like that. Now... On April 19th, 1897, the Dallas Morning News reported a crash of an airship over Aurora, Texas. And they claimed that they had recovered a Martian body along with several pieces of metal. But people look back into this incident and there's no there's no records of an accident. There's no nothing. So if it was, it got covered up. I I, I don't know.
1: I've actually heard of like a UFO crash in Texas that happened like back in the 1800s. They they claim that they buried the ship like underneath a well Hmm. and they buried the alien in the cemetery and they gave him like basically just a rock for a tombstone (laughs) and they drew like a little alien on the rock, which is super authentic, you know, has to be. (laughs) But I thought that might be connected
0: to it. It it very well could be. I I don't know. This is just along with the mysterious airship. So now that exact same day, there's a report from a cattle farmer that he seen a strange airship. Now, this airship apparently dropped down a little piece of rope that he described as a noose, wrapped it around his cattle's neck and then drug it away. The rancher, whatever, he didn't find the body until I believe the following day. And the cow was like severely butchered. So we do have a little bit of, like, the, I don't know, cow abduction, I guess, uh, aliens do. Apparently
1: there wasn't an in-flight meal. (laughs)
0: How how crude is that that a rope just comes down and, like, takes old Betsy away?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like those, like, crappy cartoons that you see for, like, (laughs) when people make, like, their little reenactments of what happened. Like, what happened? Was there, like, a beam of light that came down? No, like, a rope came down, (laughs) grabbed me. Drug
0: me away, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. All right. So April 21st and 22nd of 1897, the airship landed in Harrisburg, Arkansas. Um, it would awaken a former senator around midnight. Members of the crew then told the former senator that the inventor of the airship was from St. Louis, the inventor had discovered the secret to suspending the laws of gravity. He had spent 19 years building it, but because it was not perfect, they traveled at night. So they also told the senator they had put the airship up for public exhibit after the inventor would successfully complete his voyage to Mars. That was his ultimate goal, was to take his little airship to Mars and back, and then he would let the world know about his invention.
1: That's pretty... Well, St. <laughs> Louis was a pretty important city back then, so I can see...
0: You could, you think the inventor could have maybe came from there?
1: Well, I mean, to hear that, like, he came from St. Louis, like, back then it was like the gateway to the West, so a lot of exciting stuff was happening back then. In California, too, you know, but...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Now, on April 24th, 1897... A prominent Texas rancher was awakened at midnight by a strange whirling sound and bright lights. Going back to religion, he just assumed it was angels from a celestial vehicle. <laughs> they told the rancher that they were not from heaven, but were from a small town in Iowa <laughs> where all angels come from, right, Phil? Yep. <laughs> So this is where Is this heaven? <laughs> no, it's Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> so then this is where that theory comes from that they uh, the rancher claims that they told him that they had built five other airships, right? And they were built out of a newly discovered material that had the property of self self-sustenance in the air and the power was high highly condensed electricity. I I don't know. Do you know anything about like highly condensed electricity
1: so uh like a coil maybe it's kind of kind of what it sounds like electricity
0: yeah do you think that's what like uh tesla's thing would have been well yeah
1: like you know how sometimes like you have chargers for different like appliances yeah like sometimes when they come out of the wall they're like really big or or sometimes smaller but they're bigger than a normal. That's because they have a little coil inside that either spins up or spins down the electricity. So.
0: Ah, so it could be something like
1: that maybe. But a highly I've never heard of highly condensed electricity.
0: That's what they called it and they for some reason they refer to it as self-sustenance self-sust- in the air. I don't really know what that means. Maybe that just means it can hover itself in the air, I assume. It yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking yeah, when you were saying that. If this really isn't invented, they're probably not really going to give out the secret of how this thing's flying. All right, so throughout the following weeks, landing and contacts were reported all over the U.S., except we you don't have any specific details about it. In July and August of 1897, mysterious objects were reported over Sweden and Norway On August 13th, reports of the same mysterious aerial craft were reported over Norway, Vancouver, and British Columbia all on the same day. Then, the mysterious airship vanished completely from reports for 12 years. Not another sighting would be reported for 12 years after that. So there's like a shitload of fucking sightings over almost a year, and then it just vanishes. So what are your thoughts so far?
1: Hmm. Well, you know, you always talk about kind of like mass hysteria and how yep. things kind of get picked up. Yeah. You you said that the originals happened in um, Sacramento. Like no November.
0: Yeah. Of the year of previously. The year prior.
1: Yeah. Right. So it probably would have taken that long for the news to spread across the world and catch on to where people were like, well, maybe here. You know. Right. Like if it was a if it was a thing where people were just kind of like thinking that they saw something and then reporting it and then they just take those reports and they're like well what did it look like well it looked like a cigar shape of course <laughs> you know
0: like right and we we do have a few more sightings here and we'll we we'll, we're going to come back to that in the theory section um i wanted to add a few quick notes so in 1898 a year after these sightings count von zeppelin finally created his rigid airship zeppelin zl1 now the first flight was not until july 2nd 1900 it only lasted 20 seconds in the air and was damaged when it landed (laughs) so he was the guy who created the zeppelin three years after the sightings was struggling to keep a zeppelin in the air For more than twenty seconds. seconds.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I imagine if you've never flown one before, it'd probably be hard as fuck. Like he
0: you know? He's actually like I was reading through his Wikipedia, he's actually like a super interesting dude because he he was kind of like he was big into like the flying air balloon thing and then or the hot air balloon thing I should say and then he slowly started trying to figure out how to make a ship with like gases basically and yeah it's it's really neat but his first thing was not very good like at 20 seconds in the air and then it just kind of crashed to the ground so
1: yeah i imagine I imagine he really didn't know like what kind of weight to gas ratio to no. use so it was probably too heavy and he didn't use enough gas Apparently, so, there's
0: like four chambers that held different amounts of gas, and that's kind of how it would fly, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing instead of flying, it more bounced, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. <laughs> so in 1903, Orville and Wilbur Wright began working on their planes. Um, now, they worked on gliders throughout the 1890s, but obviously gliders aren't get they don't fly themselves you kind of just hover you know what i mean not hover but you glide you're just
1: coasting basically
0: yeah. and it's not very high in the air either so they began working on a plane with a propeller in 1902 in 1903 the right flyer one was invented the first flight was on december 17th 1903 orville covered 120 feet in 12 seconds with an average speed of 6.8 miles per hour and they were literally just barely off the ground. So this thing was not up in the air. It just could move really fast hovering but it was just barely off the ground, you know what I mean? So
1: those Yeah, I've seen I've seen recordings like the old-timey like recordings of like <laughs> those early flights. Yeah. Considering what that plane was made of, I wouldn't want to go much higher than 20 feet (laughs) off the ground
0: too. He's literally
1: just laying on the thing.
0: Like, yeah. It's Hoping for the best. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but basically what we're saying is like the two main people that were kind of like the, the aerial transportation, I don't know, forefathers, I guess you'd say, like years after the sightings, they could barely get their shit off the ground. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, back then there was, um, hot air balloons, Right, those had been invented prior, but people would have known what a hot air balloon was.
0: Right, right, and they uh, wouldn't have had spotlights hanging off and, of them,
1: probably. And you wouldn't fly those things at night. <laughs> no, like even even today, those things are fucking terrifying when you land them. Well, like, like people don't people don't realize that who haven't been in one, but. Like they don't like, they go straight up in the air when they take off, but they don't go straight down when they land. Yeah. Like you basically crash land.
0: (laughs) Well, I know Shayna and Jeff, they long, long time ago, they set up uh, tickets for a hot air balloon ride and that thing literally got canceled about, I'm pretty sure it was like six times before they actually got to go because they would only do it when they had basically perfect weather conditions for like a set amount of time. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I actually flew one out here years and years ago in uh, out in uh, Gilbert. And the good thing about out here is it's really nice weather all the time. So. Right.
0: Were you shitting your pants?
1: No, I wasn't. There was this fat older couple <laughs> that was also in the hot air balloon. And so me and my two brothers were basically like almost on the outside of the, the basket because <laughs> these fucking assholes needed more space.
0: Hmm. Like, yeah.
1: there was too many people in this fucker.
0: I do. I'm do. i terrified of heights, so I feel like I'd look down and kind of start trembling.
1: No, I don't really have any fears like that, so <laughs> it, was, it was cool. Yeah. I liked it.
0: I, I wouldn't mind trying it, but maybe eventually in life. So, we're going to jump to March 24th, 1909, and the mysterious airship reappeared once again. And I was spotted by a police officer in Peterborough, England. You ever heard of that place before?
1: Yeah, Peterborough is um, actually just a uh, thirty-five, forty minutes north of where I lived at.
0: Oh, so that's way up there.
1: Yeah, it's about uh, three hours north of London. Mm. Um, so it's like Peterborough to um London. You have to switch trains like twice, but it only takes, I think, like maybe. Two hours and
0: 20 minutes. Well, anyway, so the police officer spotted it here. Now, what he claims is that it sounded like a motor car flying in the sky. That's how he said it. He then looked up and spotted a bright spotlight and claimed that it was traveling as fast as an express train. I have no idea how fast express trains traveled in 1909, but I would assume at least 30 miles an hour probably...
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm thinking they still used steam back then, because I don't think diesel was really that popular yet in trains.
0: I I don't know. Anyway, so um, the airship was—
1: They were loud as fuck, though, so.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the airship was spotted again in July 1909 over New Zealand. Now, it seemed to kind of hang out here for the next six weeks, because there was sightings all over New Zealand for the next six weeks— Then in August 1909, sightings were reported over New England. December 12th, 1909, the airship was spotted over Long Island, and the very, very last reported sighting happened on January 20th, 1910, in Memphis, Tennessee, and people basically just seen it high in the air and traveling at a rapid rapid speed, that's basically what they said about it, and then it's uh, essentially disappeared forever, never to be seen again.
1: Did they say anything about the airship being spotted over Memphis signaled the birth of Elvis Presley?
0: Was that at all? <laughs> is this when there? he was born, 1910? Oh, I have no idea. I just, uh, Memphis,
1: I could see it. it's uh, the only thing
0: I know about it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing if that was like the, the, the ship the was like. The day he was born. Yeah, the ship was like the, uh, what the hell is the star called that was hovering over Jesus or led the three wise men to him?
1: Oh, like the North
0: Star? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) They were giving over the second coming of Christ in the form of Elvis Presley, and then he would die of constipation 50 years later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On a toilet.
1: (laughs) The way every man should die. (laughs) Overweight,
0: hungover over a (laughs) toilet. Well, the lesson learned from Elvis Presley is if you're going to abuse opioids – Make sure you take a stool softener as well, otherwise you're going to end up like him. (laughs) And that's not even a joke either. That's how he died. Yeah. Okay, so. It's okay, it's not too soon. You're fine. (laughs) I'd hope not. He's been dead for like fucking 70 years now. Supposedly. That's true. We're going to, we're going to, there's a good conspiracy theory with him I actually really like. So, all right, now we're going to jump into the theory section. Now, basically, the kind of consensus was that there could have possibly been an inventor whose technology uh, surpassed Count Van Zeppelin and the Wright brothers. Obviously, that was never confirmed, but that's one of the leading theories. Now, the newspapers, they thought Edison, uh, Thomas Edison, was responsible for all of this. And Edison was actually, I don't know if you know him, I'm pretty sure Edison was kind of an asshole. He literally got irate about it and had informed the entire public that he had nothing to do with it. And you know what he told um, people the reason was? Take a guess. What's that? Take uh, one guess.
1: Ooh. He was too smart,
0: probably. <laughs> um, what he said, and I, I don't know if this is confirmed or not, but he claimed that throughout the country there was a bad batch of alcohol that had been sent throughout the country and people were drinking it and they were hallucinating because of the bad batch of alcohol. And that's why they were seeing all this weird shit in the sky.
1: This is the lead up to prohibition. So it's mean, very true. It's good you know, it wasn't Thomas Edison though, because guaranteed hundred percent he would have taken credit for it. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure he tried to kill the guy who did. If, if someone didn't invent it, Edison would have probably tried to kill him and steal the idea. So,
1: <laughs> Oh, most definitely. Yeah. There's no way. If Tesla would have invented it, he would have found a way for JP Morgan to, like, buy it out from underneath him.
0: (laughs) Tesla's the fucking man. I love him. Yeah. So, so anyway, sticking with that theory about um, possible inventor, the obvious question is, why would nobody ever come forward and take credit for it? Because that's obviously, like, an extreme jump in technology for the world. Um, The only other thing people speculated is maybe... The inventor died or something happened to his company or something like that. You know what I mean?
1: One of his airships crashed into the fucking ocean.
0: Yeah, it could be. We don't really know. If he did have five and they got all decommissioned or who really knows? So some of the other uh, theories that they were throwing around was that they could have been just seeing meteors coming in to Earth. Kind of unlikely because meteors generally don't hover in the air. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, this doesn't sound like a meteor situation.
0: No, I, I definitely don't think so. Now, one professor named G.W. Hugh claimed it was a misidentified atmospheric distortion of the red hued star Alpha Orionis. I'm not sure how people would keep mistaking this thing over and over and over again. They kind of showed a picture of it, like when it you look at it normal, it just looks like a star, but when it gets has these atmospheric distortions. It's, like, super bright, you know, super bright red. So, I mean, I guess it's possible, maybe, but unlikely.
1: Yeah, I don't think that a a star actually landed in someone's town.
0: No, 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 like, it's in the the sky. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, I think what they're saying is it's just the people who are seeking in the sky. They just didn't know that that was actually a star.
1: There are times that, like, Venus is visible during the day, And people mistake it for a UFO because of uh, how, like, I forgot, like, it's how it looks like it's chrome almost Mm -hmm. when you see it during the day because it reflects so much sunlight. Um, But, yeah, people, I could see that. I mean, mistaking it, seeing it up in the sky and mistaking, like, uh, an object or something, like, astronomical that they don't understand. I could see that happening. But this thing supposedly landed
0: yeah that that's the weird part that's a really strange part is if it actually landed then how would they think that's a fucking star who knows really i guess um i guess we have to throw in could it have possibly been a military flying machine or secret project i i don't know that seemed like the military wasn't quite (laughs) that advanced yet but i could be wrong
1: they were using um I think during the Civil War they were using hot air balloons to sight their artillery cannons, but I'm pretty sure like that was it. They weren't uh, they weren't that advanced at that time.
0: Yeah, to that, have like
1: Zeppelin style, you know, craft.
0: It's kind of like when you do conspiracy theories, you almost always have to be like. Well, could the government of mi- government or military have been responsible for this? You kind of got to always just shovel that in there whether it's probably the least plausible thing or not, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, the earliest that the army actually used airplanes during any kind of war situation was when they went after um what's his name? Uh in Mexico, um in the 1910s. They went after um Pancho Villa. They used aircraft back then, but that's like the earliest that they ever used airplanes.
0: Well, that one kind of makes sense because, uh, okay, if I remember reading the Wright brothers correctly, in 1903 they got that one to kind of fly, but in rapid succession they actually got like plane planes, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it didn't take very long for like what we think of as like those early World War I planes mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. made out of like plywood and canvas you
0: know, like when when I was reading about this, even say uh, like Henry Ford and Carl Benz creating their cars within like six years, they have already figured out how to modify them and like race them and shit like that was a big thing in England, I guess, was like uh, uh, car clubs and shit like that. So once you get the technology, people improving on it is very rapid.
1: Yeah, especially cool toys like that. You got to think back then. If you had the money for it, mm-hmm. then, I mean, that really would have put you, like, ahead of the Joneses, you know, next door. Right. right. Like, they're, they're all fucking happy about their little steam-powered womb that their wife makes dresses and shit with. And <laughs> here you've got, like, a fucking, you know, a car, horseless carriage that you're racing around at eight miles an hour. <laughs>
0: That's a good point. All right, we're going to jump to the next one. Now, I think if anybody's going to be able to answer this next one, it should be me and you, Phil. So some researchers, they believe the airship belonged to a secret society in Iowa. Now... Of course. <laughs> okay, now, it's not necessarily just Iowa, but what the belief is, is that the secret society is like a, maybe like an Illuminati-ish type of society, but they have been in touch with extraterrestrial intelligences or have their artifacts or some knowledge of their technology and they've kind of harnessed it just for themselves and they keep it hidden from the outside of the world now what a the lot- knights of columbus just as i expected <laughs> i can't Those believe bastards. that fuck- i can't believe that fucking place is still around yeah i know
1: i don't think anyone's really like <laughs> Anyone under the age of, like, 35 isn't exactly Catholic anymore, so... No.
0: (laughs) They're losing. They're losing the battle.
1: Once the baby boomers kick it, those churches are just going to be hollowed out fucking husks (laughs) of, like, buildings.
0: And that's (laughs) when Revelations is all coming true. Yep. Just a nice place for
1: homeless people to go take a shit.
0: (laughs) Anyway, so, basically, this supposed group, supposed occult group, even... Um, believe that they this group's been around for thousands of years and they've had access to advanced technology that the, that the rest of the world hasn't. And obviously they've kept it for themselves. Now what, gives, what leads them to believe this is like they had the power to create the megalithic structures in Egypt and those were created by this supposed secret society. Do you think it's possible anything like this could exist? Like there's a hidden group that has alien technology that the rest of the world doesn't
1: well the illuminati did come out of bavaria which is in germany mm. and iowa did have a lot of german like immigration <laughs> centers yeah like a lot of a lot of germans like immigrated to certain towns in iowa just because of how much it, like germany in parts mm. of iowa which it does i've been there and there are parts of germany that i was like holy shit it, this looks like chatfield minnesota It smell like or, pig holy shit, shit. what's that it smells like pig shit too no, it didn't smell like pig shit that much, but <laughs> it, just looked, it just looks like the local scenery. Mm. So I could see, like, secret societies having chapters in
0: Iowa. That's not a stretch. They didn't call it the Illuminati, but that might be what they're hinting at. But we don't really know. It's kind of a conspiracy within a conspiracy theory, I guess, but...
1: Yeah, getting back, I mean, even, like, all... Like, we grew up in a town with two two Catholic churches, like... Usually the church that's named after a person, St. Joe's, is for the dirty Irish, and then the church named after like something spiritual, like Assumption, that one was for the Germans, and that's
0: usually a nicer
1: church. So that's wow. how big the German influence is in like, Iowa.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so maybe, maybe there is. I, we grew up there, and most people don't have any sort of advanced technology. Actually, I think it's the exact opposite, but we'll leave that one on the table.
1: Yeah, they're gonna be super
0: excited when they get AOL. It's that's gonna blow their fucking mind. Oh, I holy re-
1: shit, Messenger! <laughs> I have mail.
0: <laughs> oh, I remember dial up. Don't you? Don't you forget that? <laughs> that was awful. Take like twenty be yeah, I- like thirty minutes to get one naked picture up or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah,
1: Iowans remember dial-up, too. It was called last fucking November. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so the next one is probably one of the most obvious ones is it was aliens. Now, there is one. I can't remember the, the u- ufologist's name, but I definitely know if you heard it, you would know who he is. Jack something, I think. And what he thinks or he what he theorizes is, okay, if these are UFOs, Or when people see UFOs, what they always do is try to rationalize what they're seeing based on the technology that they know. You know what I mean? So during this time, if it was a UFO and they don't really know what it is, they're basing it off the technology that in their heads makes sense to why they're flying. Now, I actually kind of like that statement because if you think back to, say, like the chariot of the gods or like ancient civilizations that have like flying things... They're always like flying in chariots, or they're flying in wagons, or you know what I mean? Or for
1: big ones, they have to be like, it was almost like an entire city in the sky. So then yes. they draw it as an entire city in the sky. Correct. So they, Because it's usually oral tradition to written history. but
0: Right. So what this guy's kind of claiming is that because of how the people in the 1890s lived, that's why they're making, that's the best way they can describe what they're seeing in the sky. And it kind of makes sense. Like, if you think about a rustic flying machine, that's essentially what they're describing, right? Yeah. Now, he also claims that aliens obviously seem to visit during important times in human history. And especially in America around this time, they were really starting to jump into the Industrial Age or they were they're right in it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So maybe... He thinks maybe the aliens were checking out what people were doing and all of that, you know what I mean?
1: Well, the I think there's a lot of theories that like future humans are going back in time oh. and kind of like almost like on field trips. Like they're just, you know, loading the time machine up with the family and going back and looking at the Gettysburg Address or you know
0: You know what? That sounds like fun actually. That sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, just going back in time and looking at, you know, like like oh i wonder what it was like to be at woodstock and then you just you just go
0: you know <laughs> that'd be awesome drop some
1: acid <laughs> fucking hang out with the fucking naked people <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right and then the last theory is the one kind of we were talking about or you were talking about or there was essentially mass hysteria and over sensationalism via the newspapers one person spotted the object in the sky or didn't spot it, made up the story. Then everybody started jumping on it saying that they saw stuff. Then they talked to people, yada, 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 yada. And across the nation, everyone just kind of started going off about it. And there is a little credence to this because like we mentioned on last week's episode, when newspapers make up bullshit during this time, they can't really fact check them. They just have to take their word on it. You know what I mean? Kind of take their word on it.
1: Yep. And every newspaper to compete then takes that story and piles on a little bit more bullshit to give it their own little flavor. So,
0: Right. Like, even when I said earlier, those two guys who claim that this was their invention and then the newspaper published stories like, hey, here's the inventor. And then when people are like, hey, can you show us the ship? And they're like, actually, I'm not the inventor. Perfect story. They didn't even fact check the motherfucker. They just published it in there because it was going along with the story. Yep, it worked. It did. You know, it's It
1: sold? I'm sure it sold a lot of fucking papers.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it did. All right, Phil. So um, what do you think about the story in the end? What is percolating in your mind right now?
1: You know, I uh, I believe this one the least, but I love the idea of like steampunk aliens, mm. you know, like out in their old, like they could be flying around the sleek flying saucer looking ships, but <laughs> they're kind of cooler than that. They get it, you know?
0: So they're like, like hipster they aliens. Were abduct-
1: yeah, hipster. They were abducting cows before it was cool, <laughs> you know?
0: like I kind of right. like
1: that idea, but I think um,
0: mass hysteria. You think it's mass hysteria, um, so there was nothing in the sky. And then it, or maybe there's one thing in the sky, and then it just kind of went off.
1: Well, you notice that like it, it's it's it starts off super low. This is just kind of my thinking the whole time. Mm -hmm. So it starts off super localized in Sacramento and kind of like the San Francisco area, which is really close. Mm -hmm. And think about how fast news traveled back then. Right. Like either it would have to like travel and then pick up. Right. So all of a sudden. Like it's in Sacramento and San Francisco for a little bit. And then all of a sudden it's in San Jose and Seattle, which is about equal miles away. Right. Like it was in three days. It was in Vancouver, Seattle and San Jose, California. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it dies down a little bit. But then the news spreads to the Midwest finally. And then all of a sudden it's in Nebraska. Then it's in Illinois. And then it just, once it hits the main lines of like telegrams, I'm sure it just blew up like wildfire right right. so i'm guessing that these airships only traveled as fast as the telegram wires (laughs) would send the news
0: you know okay let's say theoretically do you think the first reported guy seen something or do you think he just made it up and then it created a firestorm
1: both are pretty highly likely yeah i mean he could have saw something really weird in the sky um like we were talking before there was the star Yep, yep. Uh, that looks really weird. He could have seen, like, the moon could have done something weird to a cloud that night that he had never seen before. Maybe there was some gases in the air. And then he said, oh, yeah, I saw this. It looked really weird. And then it picked up a little bit. And then other people claimed, just like people claimed that they built the ship, other people also claimed that they had sightings, too. So, right, who knows?
0: Right. That's a good point. I See, I think I kind of believe that, too, especially with how much of the information was really leaned heavily into what the newspapers were reporting. And like we said on the previous episode, how kind of cutthroat and how, how desperate they were to sell papers. So that kind of makes sense. Although, it would be amazing if it was aliens. And I do really believe that people's UFO sightings change based on what generation they're living in. You know what I'm saying? Like, they always relate what they're saying to what their their mind can kind of make sense of, I guess. But it's hard to say if there's actually an alien or not. I, yeah. I highly doubt there was an inventor that was so far advanced. I mean, maybe it's possible, but I feel like they would have found some sort of remnant of it unless Einstein found it and then destroyed it, which is probable.
1: Yeah, I mean...
0: Or it, Edison, sorry, all, Edison.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, but for all that we know... I mean, there could have been someone who was flying around a hot air balloon because hot air balloons were round at this time. There could have been somebody flying around a hot air balloon at night that had a lantern.
0: They tried to modify it or something.
1: Yeah. It could have been just a really large hot air balloon with a big basket or like, who knows? He might've, he might've even tried to have been steering it with little propellers. Um, cause they knew that that shit worked in the water to steer boats that way. Right. So.
0: Well, the thing, um, the thing that would have been interesting or could have been a more probable cause is if um, Count von Zeppelin was in the U.S., but he was a German man who lived in Germany. So, because the ship's kind of, res- like, the drawings kind of resembled a Zeppelin-esque shape, but he's across the world from where all these reports are coming in, so that doesn't really make sense.
1: Yeah, but the interesting thing about technology is, if you notice... The big – like, every time you hear about, like, a new technology, you always hear, like, oh, and he just beat out this other person who was also working on it. Like, every time there's a new technology, there's someone else in the world also working on it. Uh, There's a big conspiracy-ish type theory that it's almost like the universe implanting the idea into multiple people's heads just to make sure it comes to fruition. Hmm in case you know one of the dudes gets hit in the head with a rock or something (laughs) that we get the wheel
0: yeah yeah well i think that would lead into like the collective uh conscious theory right
1: yeah pretty much where the universe is dropping it into like certain people's heads
0: Mm -hmm. so um i think you have our opinions on what we believe this is uh i hope everybody enjoyed this episode i thought it was really interesting phil what'd you think of it
1: yeah it was good uh it was there was a like a lot of a lot more sightings than I thought there would be just for
0: like 1880s airship. You know, <laughs> I know that's why when I first started reading this, I'm like, okay, this sounds cool, and I'm looking into it. I'm like, holy shit, these are like newspaper and uh, quotes or whatever that from all these events. So it's a very compelling thing, and for something that took place 120 years ago, but in the end, we'll never really know what it is. Who really knows, but everyone can uh, develop their own theories. And if you have your own theories and you want to tell us what you think, where can they do that, Phil?
1: They could uh, hit us up on our email account, Podcast at com, Or they could just hop over to our Instagram at subliminaldeceptionpodcast on IG.
0: Perfect. Yeah, so – um Add us on there and let us know what you think. It'd be amazing if someone emailed us and just gave us their theory. I think that'd be really fun. But uh, the last thing that we ask is that you please go on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Um, We thank you very much for that. Just leave us a little comment on what you think of the show. Um, We've been growing very, very good, very healthy growth for a podcast. So I know you guys are out there listening. So help us out with that review. Um, I think... We're going to have a little bit of a long one here, so we better get out of here, Phil. Are you uh, are you ready to go?
1: Yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah, we should definitely – we've been getting some good uh, hmm. reviews on iTunes. One of these episodes, when we go shorter, we're going to have to read off a couple.
0: We'll do that. All right. Well, until next week, um, I hope everybody enjoys the probably several episodes of Game of Thrones before this comes out. And we will see
1: you next week. Thanks, guys.